Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Find written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet. I am Chad Parsons. It's running back week. I'm going to be discussing that a lot here on the weekly free show. I do want to point you that it's all about wide receivers and tight ends in the yards per route run series going on right now at UTH. Looking over on the premium side to all those passing games around all 32 teams past couple of weeks is going to continue and pretty much get us to the Hall of Fame game in early August in terms of a lot of those premium podcasts at UTH. But running backs this week and in the polling over at UTH on Twitter at Chad Parsons NFL if you want to weigh in on some of those polls um, as they come out in the future. But I, I put out some interesting ones because I think looking at the backup landscape, it's interesting to see who gets the love. It's interesting to see who has the probabilities. For example, uh, I, I said on one poll, and this was a pretty surprising result, who's the most likely to have five or more clarified starts this season? And the runaway winner in the poll was DeAndre Swift. And you might be thinking, well, and someone had a snarky comment, which is he doesn't even know what a clarified start is, you know, that DeAndre Swift, he's going to a, an Eagle situation and a clarified start just for the point of record. I know many, much of the audience probably knows this, but just the, the categorization is someone that you have clarity that they're going to see the most touches in the backfield that you would be confident uh, for likely a running back one or running back two spot in your lineup, but maybe it's a flex, you know, if you're in a deeper league, but someone that has clarity of thought for your starting lineup before the game happens, not access to the results afterwards, but clarity of thought going into the game on the weekend or Monday. And so DeAndre Swift at 58%, the other three choices all in the 10 to 17% range, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Leonard Fournette, and Ezekiel Elliott. So Swift runs away with this poll. And I would say this, We've already got Isaiah Pacheco dinged up. Is he going to be? I mean, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire probably runs to this to this five number and easily gets there if Pacheco is out um, to start the season in any accord. And we already have that data point with Swift. I guess you're hoping that uh, Rashad Penny is going to be out right away or a lot, and that Swift is going to get the love in that instance. But Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott. If they sign somewhere, it's going to be as a high-end high running back two that possibly could, you know, if the starter falters, if there's any injury, they're just going to run with that as a veteran. So I think this should be much sharper in terms of the differential. If you want to have Swift as a favorite, sure. But 58 versus 10%, 15%, something like that for these other guys, I think that's far too big of a split. And, and again, Swift has been one that we – don't have a lot of confidence confidence in and let's keep in mind detroit said you know what our plan is trade deandre swift for a fraction of what we paid and let's go spend number 12 in the draft for his replacement and they're like i'm tired and, and they give a big contract to david montgomery so they did all of that that's what they think about deandre swift that's the team that had him on their roster last year so i find that very interesting uh the next poll is the who's going to be the clarified backup for Jonathan Taylor for the most games this season. And we've got Zach Moss, huge favorite. I didn't think Dynasty even liked Zach Moss. 
Dion Jackson, 19% Evan Hall, and 2% other. I think others should be higher. Um, I don't know if they're done. Uh, Zach Moss has been one that's bounced around, and he hasn't done a whole lot. He has round three pedigree. I think that's his biggest appeal. But the more I was looking into this, Evan Hall should get a little bit of love here. I know it looks murky right now, but man, I mean, Deion Jackson is, is someone that did not play overly well a year ago. And uh, he had that one game. He saw some pass catching uh, numbers. But Evan Hall, as a prospect, superior in a few different ways. And Evan Hall tested well. Evan Hall has good, uh, good size and and movement to his game. He seems like a guy, almost like a Rex Burkhead, that he's going to be able to hang around in the NFL for a bit of time. So I just think this gap again. I specifically picked ones that I think are more ambiguous, and yet most of the results were heavily slanted. So I I think that speaks to running back of in Dynasty, make sure when you're doing a trade, especially if you're doing a a trade where you're going two for one, three for two, you are opening up a roster spot. I would say go after a running back that you don't think is going to have a lot of appeal. Maybe that's Evan Hull. Maybe that's uh, you know Leonard Fournette. Maybe that is Ezekiel Elliott. Depending on the bigger the deal, the bigger the name you can go for. But get somebody back. It's a priority free agent addition that is not on the waiver wire. So you get to choose from their roster someone and hand pick. Again, you're probably not going to get one of their top two or three running backs, but a lot of the other guys on their roster. And and frankly, they have them. And if some guys are running back two, three, or four on a depth chart. Frankly, most dynasty teams do not have a lot of interest in that player. So just keep that in mind. Uh, the next one is, who will be Alexander Madison's clarified backup for the most games this season? This one was even more interesting. Ty Chandler, 65%. Kenny Wangwu, 15%. And Dwayne McBride, 19%. We are talking about Ty Chandler that <laughs> Dwayne McBride is zooming up rookie boards. Kenny Wangwu is the play here. He has the most pedigree of these three backs. And he's been with the team. He's an incumbent. And the team has really not spent a ton on either of the other two guys. Round four is a, a, a meaningful pick in today's landscape of running back land. And Wang Wu has that. Wang Wu has really good athleticism and good size for it. McBride has a known issue with uh, the receiving game. A 1% receiving grade. Ty Chandler plummeted, like I said, in the draft. Ty Chandler is one that, again, I can get on board with Ty Chandler a little bit. The Dwayne McBride is the biggest one that I cannot get on board with. But uh, again, looking back at Ty Chandler, he's one that, uh, you know, there's pot, he came in at 24 years old and he has a 20% rushing score. So unless you're a 230 pound back where we go, ooh, look at the receiving profile. Uh, if you're not, you know, like an AJ Dillon type, it's hard to overlook the rushing score. It's hard to overlook that. He has, he's very benign. 3.06 in his college career yards after contact per attempt is an anemic figure, 20% overall. He barely broke out at 23 years old um, as a rusher. And I mean, he had one year above baseline as a receiver in terms of running back only market share. So I'm sorry I can't get on board with Ty Chandler. At least give me the guy that's an elite athlete, an elite athlete for the size there at Kenny Wangwu. So that, that to me stuck out of just, there's uh, the market, there's market inefficiencies here of just, they, uh, this is what dynasty leagues think. They really think that, uh, that, that right now, some of these depth charts are really declared. 
Uh, this is one that I actually, for the first time uh, of all these, I agree with. Who will be Austin Eckler's clarified backup for the most games this season? Joshua Kelly, 57%. Isaiah Spiller, 31%. 4% Larry Roundtree, 7% other. I think that's about right. Um, I actually think uh, we should give more of an advantage to Joshua Kelly. He is very affordable. Uh, I think he's probably a fourth-round rookie pick valuation. If you if you have a draft coming up, fourth round, Joshua Kelly's there, or you can trade for Joshua Kelly. With the information we know now, that is a prudent bet as opposed to taking some day three wide receiver, taking some round three tight end that we hope is someone that's going to have a role. You have a ticking time bomb in terms of that roster spot. So unless you're going to kick it, kick it, uh, kick the can down the road with a, you know, I'm trading 411 for a fourth next year. I'm trading 411 for uh, waiver dollars. Unless you're doing that. Make sure you're, you're evaluating if you're, and assessing if your team, if your league has veterans available and what veteran running backs are available in that marketplace and dynamic as well. I do think Spiller would be the number two. Larry Roundtree has just really shown minimal. Spiller showed nothing that he's challenging or surpassing Kelly, but he at least had enough uh, of, a, of a college profile and going in earlier on day three to make me think that he's got a chance. But Kelly, early day three and a pretty decent profile as well. I know it's been an up and down journey for him, but I think this is correct by the market. In fact, the 57% should be even higher. Uh, next one, we have Nick Chubb. And this is basically Jerome Ford or the field. 79% think Jerome Ford, and we've heard positive buzz. And 21% said there was other, someone that's not currently out there. I don't think it's going to be Kareem Hunt walking back in that door. But they seem to like Jerome Ford. And all signs seem to be pointing in that direction. Now, I still think that depth chart is a little thin. It looks a lot better with Jerome Ford as the running back three or running back four. But you know what? That's a, a luxury that not every team is able to have. So Jerome Ford, I think people forget. It's easy to forget once we get a few years removed and he transfers and all this. Alabama guy. And he's a guy with juice and size and really excited about Jerome Ford. And this was frank, this poll is frankly just an opportunity in this show to talk about him because he's one that I'll just say very excited about stashing him last season, late November, December, saying, hey, the moment you're out of it, the moment you have a spot available that you can use towards next season, towards the offseason to see what happens and kick the tires. This is, Jerome Ford, if he gets all the way to week one as a primary backup. And frankly, Kenny Wangwu is another example that he's on that pathway. I think right now it's a little more ambiguous than Jerome Ford. And these probabilities show that, that, that this is the whole idea of a liquid roster spot, a, a lottery ticket that the payoff is potentially huge in season. You know, Jerome Ford seeing a handful of clarified starts if Nick Chubb is out would be such a uh, a boost and a success and the outcome that we are looking for from this type of play, which is late in the off late in the regular season or one of the last waiver wires, you stash players like this. You read the tea leaves, you say, eh, you know, uh, Dalvin cook for potential and or projected free agent. And then you say, Oh, Kareem hunt could be gone, likely gone and, and play with that in terms of the probabilities and say, let's take a shot on the incumbent that we think can play and someone that if it's in the off season, if it's past the NFL draft, past free agency, if it's next August, or if you get all the way and you're still rostering that player and they end up starting games for you and you stash them as a clarified backup in season of play the following year, that is what we're looking for. But you know what? Many of them don't get there, but we take lots of shots. 
That's one of the biggest points is you take lots of Jerome Ford type shots later in the regular season as you push towards that roster spot for the next year. And then once Melvin Gordon was signed, uh, who will be J.K. Dobbins clarified backup for the most games this season? 75% Gus Edwards, about 23% Melvin Gordon, uh, about 1% uh, Justice Hill, and 1% other. And man, I'll, I'll tell you this. No matter what the odds are here, I think it's a road to nowhere. Uh, I think we have we should have skepticism that this is going to be a good situation for J.K. Dobbins. And the fact that Gus Edwards is a non-receiver and the fact that Melvin Gordon is the AG is and he fell off to some degree, I think we have to be skeptical of all that. Justice Hill, can he stay healthy? And he's about 200 pounds. I like Justice Hill, the prospect. Like on paper, when he was coming out, I was like, I, 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 I dig this. I dig the cut of his jib. And then he starts getting hurt. And then you start to realize, you watch him playing, like he's 200 and he plays one, like, he, like he's 195. And that is a little concerning when you project any level of workload in a future season. And he's been dinged up since. So it's been really tough to see if he's going to get any headway there. But he's got juice. He's got, uh, as Greg Costell says, Juju, uh, Zuzu. No, I messed it up. Uh, Zuzu uh, there. Um, but again, this is a mess. And it's one of the worst helo high leverage opportunity backfields historically that we've seen. It's the Ravens and it's the Rams are the two teams I bring up most commonly as these are teams we've seen zero signs over the last few years that they have any interest in optimizing running back touches through targets and through goal line opportunities. So that's why Melvin Gordon, like I was, I was reacting and that was actually a show that's out over there on Patreon. I was reacting to Melvin Gordon signing and saying that's it, it, it's a body. It's a live, uh, capable NFL back. However, you know, I would use it more as a stepping stone for being concerned about other guys more so than Melvin Gordon being able to weasel your way and convince yourself that he's out there in a 25 man roster stock format. And I'm going to create a roster spot so I can pick up Melvin Gordon. I just don't see that as the outcome here for Melvin Gordon and an action plan. It's got to be deeper than that. And frankly, it might be deep enough where he's already rostered. And, and so that, that really limits what the action plan here, other, other than just downshifting expectations with the other players on the roster. The final poll I want to go over this week was for the Chicago Bears backfield. And this one is who's going to have the most clarified starts for the Bears this season. Khalil Herbert, Rashawn Johnson, or Deonta Foreman. And the fact that Khalil Herbert ran away with this thing, 62% compared to 24% for Foreman and 14% for Roshan Johnson. Two things. Number one, uh, the confidence in Khalil Herbert is a little baffling. Uh, Roshan Johnson, more pedigree than Herbert. Deonta Foreman, let's rewind all the way back to Houston, more pedigree than both of them. And yet Herbert is the 62% favorite. Uh, Herbert has not been good in the passing game. The Bears are projected to be one that siphons away from the running back position. Targets, this is not going to be a high-octane passing game by all projections. So even if it goes up from last year, Justin Herbert takes a step forward. Is that going to lead to running back being a PPR haven? Doubtful. And then the other part is you've got uh, a lack of clarity just in how this three-man rotation is going to work out. And so Herbert, how much does it take, even if he is the week one starter, how, how much does it take for him faltering? for him to lose the job 
without an injury. And I'll go back to this. The, the highest, highest talent of this whole group is Deonta Foreman. And he's finally coming back on. It's taken a while to come back from Achilles all the way. But look at what he did with Carolina last year. And he goes into an exploitable depth chart. And I think the other part of the and Foreman's the cheapest, by the way. Um, so that's really what's the most interesting. So the bang for your buck here is you're getting a lot of equity on just betting on uh, Foreman versus the field, Foreman versus Herbert and and Johnston. And the other part with, with Roshan Johnson, I've seen him go late first. I've seen him go early second repetitively this offseason in rookie drafts. And yet, apparently it's a long-term bet. You're making a long-term bet on a day three running back. Like you should make a long-term bet on a day two running back because that pedigree is going to win out for opportunities. Roshan Johnson, you're looking for a bang, bang now. You know, you're looking for someone that can be in a strong situation right now. Like you should be, but by paying that price, it needs to be a Damian Pierce situation of, I like this situation so much that I'm willing to overlook pedigree to some extent because I'm going for the flash initial. And Roshan Johnson, I don't think that's the bet to make here. So uh, this is a cloudy situation. And if anything, these the, the three-headed odds should be far closer than it is. I would have Deonta Foreman as the favorite. I do think it's correct to have Roshan Johnson last. When you look at what he, uh, we don't even know if he can be a workhorse based on the data points of college. Yes, he was behind a super stud in B. John Robinson at Texas. However, he's one that we just don't know enough about. And it's an okay profile. He also didn't work out like the freak, uh, athletic freak he was supposed to be or rumored to be. So that's another concern. You're not buying someone that just, oh, 95% athlete. He didn't play a whole lot, but we project that he could do great things. And the price that you're paying. You're paying a late first or early second for a running back with all of these question marks. It's not one of the best day three running back prospects. Oh, they slid in the draft, but I really love them. It's not that scenario. It is literally the opposite scenario of this is a profile that warrants going on day three. So food for thought there with the Bears running back depth chart. Highlighting some of the content for UTH over the past week. And I want to highlight one over at patreon.com slash UTH. Uh, it was a fun thing to put together. It's I call it the imperfect startup draft. And I want to shout out to my co-owner, uh, UTH subscriber, Kevin. And you know we were, we were just talking as we were getting ready and executing our annual draft for that league that I almost needed a reminder. We won the league last year. Uh, I'm in a lot of leagues, um, but it was year one uh, of our build uh, startup draft in 2022. And we just started talking about that startup draft, talk about how we got to where we did and how we won the title. Kevin has a ironclad memory. So he remembered a lot of the details that I did not. And the Imperfect Startup Draft is a, a show that I recorded just talking through the process of the startup draft and how much we missed. And I'll just share, again, it's, a I think, a 20-minute show or so. And the biggest point was we missed a lot. We missed graphically a lot. And But the I, I would say, the, so the idea of going into your startup draft thinking you're going to crush it and thinking, well, I would say you just need to reframe what that means. Obviously, you're going to do the best you can do with every single trade possibility, with every single pick you actually make, and your team build from the outset. However, it's a situation that we're living in a, you're going to be very imperfect. Can you just be a little less imperfect than your league mates? And then the st perfect storm to get there. And, and so we were talking through, and you know, our running back room, we wish was a lot better. Uh, but what we did do is we did really well 
with our first five, six picks. And we pretty much hit every single one of them. But the rest of the draft, we might have had two or three picks where it's like, oh, we have something there. It's, it's on our team. We're, we're excited about it. It was a value neutral or value add in the first 12 months beyond the draft. The fact that we had two of, I mean, what was left? Tw- 18 rounds, uh, 16 rounds. It just speaks to how volatile it is when you get outside the top 75 or 100 of a startup draft that, again, we're going to do the best we can. This is just one data point, but it's instructive that we won our league despite this imperfect startup draft. So enjoy that journey. Uh, if you're over there uh, and you've yet to listen on Patreon, it's a good reason to sign up at patreon.com slash UTH. Other things uh, that have been discussed over the past week, I discussed with Ryan, uh, a, a contributor for UTH uh, periodically, and, and we were talking and he just mentions, you know, that he took Anthony Richardson at 101 in one of his leagues. And I was like, I, I had to pull the interrogation card. And so we, we discussed it for about an hour. Uh, that was actually the feature show last week because of the, the depth of our discussion and content. So uh, the, the argument for Anthony Richardson at 101 is a show available on Patreon. And then uh, some things discussed with Tim Torch last week. We did a snack food rapid fire for about 10 minutes. So it always elicits some feedback, <laughs> good and bad. And then uh, we did a feature uh, series on what NFL offense would we nominate? Who is our choice to go from bad in 2022 to decent this year? And then another one, which is going from decent to elite as an NFL offense in 2023. So give some good instructive points for that. Also wanted to highlight a couple things at UTH Dynasty. That is uh, Scott coming on last week. It's been, uh, we have been planning it for a few weeks now and we finally got a a chance to be able to record it. And it's a three part series looking at the connection between poker strategy, dynasty strategy, takeaways, the parallels there. Scott plays poker regularly. He also plays dynasty and he started out in poker before dynasty. So it's really interesting to hear his thoughts. I was able to ask a, a, a truckload of questions along the way just to a learn more about poker, which I do not actively and regularly play. I know enough to be dangerous and, you know, to be able to sit down and uh, at least know the mechanics of the game, but uh, being able to ask a, a lot of questions and then fill in the gaps, uh, both of us in terms of poker to dynasty and some of the, the thought process that you're going to have in terms of being an owner and then being a poker player. And then the yards per route run series, which I mentioned earlier in the show, which previews the passing games, looking back and then looking ahead to 2023 for all 32 NFL teams. We're about a mid, the midway point or so, and that's going to be, you're going to get probably uh, two to two to three teams a day on average throughout the week. And it's probably going to finish up next week. And this week we're going to keep trucking along. So that's been really fun. Five to 10 minute shows on each NFL passing game and uh, looking at the trend lines, uh, new players, um, how they project and which players to be skeptical or to be optimistic versus the marketplace. So that's going to do it this week. Again, thank you so much for listening to this free show. If you'd like to hear more uh, on pace for about 450 plus podcasts this year, Uh, a lot of it is looking at audio chapters instead of 30, 40 minute shows. They might be arduous uh, where you're like, "Ah, I don't have that much time. I'm cutting a lot of the premium shows down when applicable uh, with uh, almost like a chapter type format. So you can listen to them in smaller segments of time. And then as a Uh, Of course, in addition to all the content I mentioned at Patreon, you can also join the VIP chat. Dozens and dozens of the best dynasty owners on the planet. I'm in there. 
um, as well. And we're answering questions. We're helping each other with startup drafts, rookie drafts, trading, and it really heats up in August and beyond once the season and news uh, gets cooking. There's a number of different rooms. So if you're not into Devi, if you're not into college, you can stay out of that room. If you're doing a startup draft, you go in there, you post your questions, and you get a lot of quick feedback on different ways to frame it in terms of your player selection and team building philosophy. Dynasty trading, obviously always flowing. And NFL news, we're constantly reacting with what is the play for our dynasty teams. I'm Chad Parsons. Until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties.